Hey Connected peeps, I hope you have all had a lovely week and it is a blessing to join you today whether you're driving to work as some of my listeners do um, when they listen to the podcast or whether it is you're just washing dishes. Whatever it is that you're doing, welcome and thank you for joining me for this episode. I know it is going to be very controversial. I was actually speaking with a friend last night and um, when I told her that I was, she's like, oh, so what are you doing about this week? And I was, when I told her, she's like, oh, you're going there? I'm like, yes, because with the Connected podcast, we go there. So we are going to discuss Meghan Markle, Prince Harry, and I am going to actually put Billie Eilish in this just so that, um, yeah, we really, yeah, let's talk about what I see in these three journeys in life and I believe something that within Christianity we can often do to people because we look at them as though like should you really be you know whatever okay let me let me discuss this for the next 45 minutes let's begin all right I'll let you guys all know now for those since we're we're close friends like that I, when it starts getting cooler, when the weather's cooler, I, I get very nasally, so I get very congested, so I'm congested this morning, um, so I may just, there may, may be random moments where it seems like there was a pause, that was when I was blowing my nose, so I'll let you know, um, okay, so, oh, there we go, all right, so shout out today is from Instagram and I just did a random scroll and this particular usually it's it's I close my eyes and I scroll and point and I find someone but today I decided no I'm actually gonna have a look because so let me oh hold on I may lose her okay let me tell you how many followers I have on Facebook on Facebook on Instagram after I introduce you to this person um Oh, there's so many people. Okay. So today for the first time, I actually went through, I scrolled through people's details and what actually stood out was the person's um, profile picture. So I was like, oh, let's go say hello to her. Um, okay. Sinus break. I'm back with my mic. If I had have blown my nose on air. Um, it would have felt like you were literally going through my nose because this mic picks up so much. Anyway, it's, it's very good. <laughs> it's very good when you want people to know every little bit that of action that is happening inside your mouth. Um, okay, moving off from that. So this particular lady, so her, I must say, Instagram names can be so hard to try and work out what they are. Now, this particular lady's wasn't um but other profile names I'm like what how do where do I break that up into different words but anyway this is called so this particular gal um is Daisy Dill and Peel (laughs) Daisy Dill and P Florals um and on her bio and her name's Tara hey Tara and so her bio is a Willamette, I hope I pronounced that right, Valley Bloom business, 
I wear my heart on my sleeve in everything I do. My faith and my family are my life. Flowers are my reward. I love that. So um, thanks so much, Tara, for joining. Thanks so much for engaging in, I think it was the latest post or a recent post. So I just went and had a look at people that liked a recent post and thought, oh, let me just give them a shout out. So thanks everyone just following me. Okay, back to where I... <laughs> what I told you I was going to do so there's a whole bunch of Instagram followers so 404 um such a blessing like I'm like that is so cool so if each one of you listen to the podcast I'm like that is so cool um so yeah thanks so much for engaging for following for supporting for stalking if that's the reason why you follow my Instagram just to see what I'm going to talk about or what I have been talking about. Um, Thanks so much. Okay, so let's discuss this topic. And it's really interesting because as I said, when I told my friend yesterday that I was recording this episode, her response was like, you're going to go there? Like it wasn't just a, oh, wow, that's cool. Like it was really like, wow. Um, Now, if you don't know what's going on, I'm not going to really discuss that in too much detail, but I do I do understand that there are some of my listeners that don't really keep up with that kind of stuff. And so Meghan Markle is a, I believe she's a Canadian actor who worked in America quite a bit. And she did, um, she was an actor in, or an actress, she was an actress in a, like a, I don't even know if it was a Netflix series. Anyway, she she sort of got a bit of fame through that. Um, anyway, then she moved. She moved. No, she went and did some publicity. Anyway, I don't know. I can't remember. Anyway, long story short, this Canadian actress has married Prince Harry. So you know, Queen Elizabeth, Prince Charles, he has two kids. One is Prince William. The youngest is Prince Harry. So she has married into the royal family. Now, in addition to the fact that they have very different career paths, their their background is completely different. Um, She comes from an interracial family. So she is a woman of color. And I think that has played a big part in a lot of the stuff that's going on now. But I will say the one thing that I did want to talk about with regards to this episode and I'm so nasally um, is that I could discuss a lot of elements about this particular situation and everything that has come out uh, through the interview that she did with Oprah Winfrey. I really don't want to focus on that for no other reason other than I think I've already discussed a bit of of what I see, what I see, what I believe in, um, in regards to racism and all that kind of stuff on my Black Lives Matter episode. So I don't really feel like I want to go there in more detail, only because I feel like I have addressed um, a lot of what is related to that in the in this in that episode. So I, I yeah, I'm not going to go there because that's not really what I felt impressed to discuss about because I think I've already discussed it previously. But one thing I did want to really discuss 
and this is where Billie Eilish comes into the, the story as well, is that I totally get this idea of privilege and I completely understand that it can be, we can find, let me, I'm trying to, it's easy to invalidate someone's suffering based on economical security. I think sometimes we can be like, oh, but you know, this is going to be really lame, but like, oh, you really like, you got depression, but you know, you have a really nice car and you have a really well-paying job. Like, I think sometimes we can be, what's the word? I just can't think of how to, how to really express this in the best way. Sometimes we can look at people's economic status. We can have a look at, you know, they have a well-paying job or, um, I've, I've even had it with me, which, which I get it. I totally understand. Like, because I haven't had to work financially where, you know, by God's grace, we're so secure that I don't need to work. People can look at that as being a certain degree of privilege. So when I sit here and I complain, or maybe I'm going through a bit of stuff and like I say, you know, um, give you an example. I'm like, I just want to go and work. Like I, I'm, I'm sick of being at home and feeling like um, my only responsibility or my only goals for my day are just to wash dishes and make beds like people can be people can invalidate that experience and be like really like you can literally stay home you don't have to work but that's like that's hardship for you like that's that's difficult that's you know causing you um some kind of negativity where there are other women who have to go and work and they've had to work and be a mother the whole time and you know they have financial pressures where they it is essential for I guess her existence to be a working mother but you're complaining because you have to stay at home I think it's so easy to invalidate someone's experience based purely on certain criteria and that's what I got out of this whole interview. Like that, that is the one thing that I wanted to discuss regarding this interview was I feel a lot of people have been so easy to invalidate Megan's experience, Harry's experience, even the royal family's experience. Like, you know, we, we I, I, yeah, I honestly feel like we can be so quick to be like, you're famous. And, and I, and I get it. I get it. I'm like Megan and, um, Prince Harry, they live in like, I don't know how many million dollar mansion. Oh, sorry. I had to yawn. I'm running on like four hours sleep today. I went to bed really late cause, um, I stayed up talking with my friend. Um, so went to sl- like, I fell asleep around midnight and I woke up at four thirty. So um, yeah, we, we can be so quick to invalidate that person's experience based purely on, do you have certain things? Another thing that we, we, we invalidate is like, and I think it's based on where our filter is. So 
if someone has like really good health, but they like physical health, but they may be struggling like mentally, you can be like, you know, you're a healthy young man. Should you really be like, you know, so ungrateful with the fact that you have health and, you know, you're able to work. And I think it makes it really hard for people to want to share what they're going through when at the end of the day, they look at their lives and they're like, yeah, but you know what? My life isn't that bad. Therefore, what I'm going through right now just really shouldn't be this bad. And, and who am I to be going through this? I feel that that's really hard. So anyway, that's the one thing I wanted to, to talk about with regards to their interview. Like try and be a little bit understanding that their situation sucks like and and it was it, it was so bad to the point where they chose to leave um maybe they felt like they had no other choice but they had to leave okay okay let me let me let me have a drink of water so i stop yawning so much They had to leave the wealth of being part of the royal family. And whether you want to believe it or not, like they're having to hustle now. They're having to work. They're having to sign contracts to do a Netflix um, series because they know financially, like we need to be able to work and earn money because now we can't earn money. It doesn't just come to us from the royal from being part of the royal family and, you know, the duties that they were responsible for. So can we at least see it for what it is? Um, the fairy tale didn't work out. Um, Megan found her prince charming, but now they've been kicked out of the castle or at least they feel like they've been forced to leave the, the castle. And I'll tell you now what I think about Billie Eilish because... And the same thing happens with Justin Bieber. Like, honestly, I feel like the same thing has happened. When we see people that have a, a degree of fame or, you know, they're, they're celebrities, we can sit here and be like, no, but, you know, Billy wanted to be famous. Like, Billie Eilish is famous. She has what she wants. Justin Bieber wanted to be famous. As a kid, he wanted to be famous. And we can be even like, you know, he got the break. He got the break at a really young age. Like kids dream of getting that opportunity and doing a tour at, I don't know what crazy age that kid was going around the world doing tours. Like that's what every kid wants. Like how can he be so ungrateful and then tell us like how rough it has been to be a kid becoming a celebrity and having all the fame that he did at such a young age. And the reason why I want to introduce Billie Eilish into this whole scenario is because don't tell anyone, but I am very familiar with Billie Eilish. I watched a lot. I, I have watched a lot of her interviews, not really into her music, um, I probably, I can only list one song and that is, um, Ocean Eyes. Is that what it, even what it's called? Anyway, the only reason why I can list that is because in a lot of the interviews or the YouTube stuff that I have seen of her, you know, that's like the big song that, that 
was her big break. That's when she became famous was through that one. So that's the only reason why I know that song. Apart from that, like I'm aware of what she sings because obviously in interviews I'll have that, but I don't actually listen to her stuff. Now, I will tell you the reason why I have been informed, I guess, of what Billie Eilish's life looks like or what her experience is. Um, is because I have watched these interviews, but I pray for Billie Eilish. Like I, I feel like Billie is going to go through a very similar experience to Justin Bieber, but I feel with Billie, she's always been more, she's let people know that she's struggling a lot more than what you would have found with Justin. I think Justin, when he went through his stuff, he just, became very rebellious and got himself into trouble in a way like you know he got caught with a lot of like drinking and and people suspected that he was doing drugs and he was messing around with girls I feel like that's how he worked through his stuff where with Billy I feel like Billy's circle is very small and the way Billy's going to go through all of this stuff is going to be very emotional. It's going to be very mentally draining. It's not that she's going to be like, okay, you know, I'm going through some stuff. I'm going to go and sleep around with a whole bunch of guys. Anyway, as I, 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 I honestly was like, I mean, I feel for this girl because I'm like, I just hope, I hope she'll be okay. I hope she's not going to get so bad that it's going to be like Justin Bieber or even worse I feel like there's room for Billy for it to be even worse for Billy anyway so however it is I realized she came to fame really quick and then that's when I just sort of started watching some of her interviews just to see hey what is her story like what what who is Billie Eilish um and then anyway whatever so I feel with Billie she's there's a there's a doco that's going to come out now and um, it's through Apple TV and it's it's a doco that has been documenting her life for the past two years and they've just been following her around and, and seeing, you know, how she lives her life and whatever. And there, there was an interview that was done. I don't know who the guy is, but it's the Apple guy that interviews people. He's interviewed Justin as well and, and, and I think he's just really well known as the guy that, that does the interviews uh, for Apple. And um, I watched that interview. It was like 45 minutes. And in that she talks a bit of stuff. And in other interviews she's mentioned it. And she's talked about like, you know, how she just sticks to herself. She's really, she really isolates herself. And it's because of this fame, like this idea of fame. She's like, you know, I, I, I remember in one interview, she's like, I wish I could just go to the shops and buy groceries and not have to be worried about like a crowd finding me. Um, she did share one experience in one interview where um, she went like to a mall or I can't remember where it was. She went to a very public space and she's like, I thought I would be okay. And so she went there and she's like, but I wasn't. She's like, I literally had to be like <laughs> taken away um, by security because it just became dangerous for me to be there. And when I hear people like that, and there's another YouTuber, I'm not going to tell you who she is, but there's another YouTuber who has shared similar things. Like she's quite famous. I think she has like 9 million subscriptions. Um, and she says the same thing. Like they say this, this whole thing of like, 
I wish I could do groceries. I wish I could just go for a walk. I wish I... Like the simple things that we experience, they're like you have no idea how much I wish I could just be a normal person. And I can sit here as 36-year-old me who, you know, whatever, lives in rural Queensland in Australia and be like, really, sweetie? Like that's, that's how rough your life is? Or I can be like, They've been they've been robbed of the simplicity of being a human because they were extremely talented because they have been gifted with something and they they worked enough they invested enough they were determined enough to be seen to be to have their talent recognized and now because they have they realize oh no like I don't know if if I really understood what it meant to take this role, to be in this position. And with Megan, I think it's the same thing. Whatever it is that you think of her, like I totally understand that some people have very mixed views on her, narcissist and um, all that stuff and controlling and dominating. I get that. Um, I mean, we can, we can see, we can see, whatever we want to see of how we interpret her behavior and how she does things. But my thing is, regardless of the point, I don't know if the woman really understood what it meant to go into this and be like, "Mm," like this was definitely not what I thought. Whether it was for the race um, associated elements of this whole, (laughs) this whole drama that's going on right now with them. Um, this, this whole process. I don't know if she understood that. I don't know if maybe she hoped that it wasn't going to be like that. Um, I don't know if she understood just how many guidelines she had to follow and she had to accept in being part of the royal family. Like, I just don't know if, if the woman really understood what was, what was involved. Now, in saying that, do I then sit back and be like, you know, get over it, like, you know, toughen up, you know, I don't think you can because I don't think when Billie Eilish says she wish she could go to the shops, I don't think I can say to her, really, like you can literally pay someone to do all your shopping for you, like, I'm like, I I can sit here and be like, Billie, get over it, like you have millions of dollars, (laughs) You're like rolling in designer attire and um, you can have anything that you want. But you're a little hurt because you can't go and do groceries on your own. Like I, I feel within within our human experience, we have to allow people to have the truth of what their experience is. If someone feels discriminated against, hey, Let me take that for what it's worth. Now, I do believe and I do agree that there are some people who feel certain types of ways and I don't, I'm not going to put a label on what it is that they feel. Um, And maybe it's not as um, black and white as how they see it. I will tell you there have been experiences in my life where I have felt a certain type of way and I have made a situation be something that it isn't. Because I'm filtering it through my own insecurities, I'm filtering it through my own issues, Um, I've made judgment calls on people's behavior 
because I've looked at it through my filter, which my filter is distorted. It it has biases. Um, and I just paint every person's behavior with the same color that comes from my brush of distorted, bias, insecure shades. Um, and because of that, I have to be really aware of myself and be like, if I see someone treat me a certain type of way, let me just sit with that for a little bit. Let me not automatically respond to that. And, and let me, yeah, let me really see if that was, oh, excuse me, if that really was the intention of that person, like, did they really, did they really want to do that? Um, and if they did, like, okay, that's okay. Like that was, that was their choice for whatever it was that they chose, chose to do that. And what I want to bring that back to what we see in the church. Okay, let me, let me, okay, let me go back to this one. Because I'll, you know me, I'll forget it. And then I'll, I'll have to pause for like three minutes and try and work out what I was going to say. Now, the main reason why we often invalidate a person's experience based on wherever they are in their life often comes back to financial security okay so Meghan Markle shouldn't feel the way that she she feels because you were you had you lived in a palace um you were part of the royal family you got to wear you know thousand dollar pair of shoes like we invalidate based on based on wealth and based on financial security and if you have if you're wealthy and if you have financial security don't you dare complain about anything and i think that is really unfair and i think that is so so unfair because if we are going to base everything if we are going to validate your suffering your hardship your struggles your pain if we're going to validate that only based on it also being a parallel with your financial status, then I refuse to you know, acknowledge it because you are wealthy. Then that is really dangerous. I think that is when we are, we are filtering a person, person's humanity on how much money they have on their bank account. Do you have one house or do you own one house or do you own two houses? Um, do you drive a late model car? <clears throat> Are you wearing the latest season's fashions? Then you really can't be that sad if you can afford to buy certain types of things. And I feel that we do that quite a lot. And the reason why that is that you cannot fall on that. You cannot use that as your basis for <clears throat> validating someone's emotion. I come from a third world country. And I can guarantee you the way that I live my life today in a first world country, I, I, if we use this, well, if we use wealth as the gauge of whether you can experience or share or acknowledge that you have some sort of suffering, I honestly, in comparison to what I have seen in my country, people can look at me in a third world country and be like, who on earth are you to complain? 
Like who are, who are you to have first world problems when I'm sitting in my third world country having the problems that I'm having? Our experience as working class, whatever we were, whatever, whatever class we fall under can be invalidated by someone that is lower than us. And I believe that unless you're, if, if this is the train of thought that we go by uh, with regards to validating people's experience, the only experience that should be validated are those that are coming from a third world country who are homeless, who um, have suffered some sort of like financial hardship to the point where they have no home, they are like homeless and it's long-term homeless not just oh you know it's just a period in my life where I'm experienced homelessness then technically like everyone else better smile and be happy and not complain about a single thing because that is the way that is basically how we invalidate celebrities and their experience okay now that I've said that bit that I may have wanted to make sure I didn't forget um we can't invalidate Billie Eilish's experience simply because She's in like Gucci attire from head to toes. She has the money to buy herself a massive mansion in like LA somewhere. I can't. I still have to see Billy as a human with a heart that is built to have pain, that is that is built to experience joy. And I have to sit with her and be like, okay, I'm, I'm sorry that the the simple the simplicity of going to do groceries has been taken from you because you are so talented because you are so gifted um and your status your celebrity status has taken that away from you when you didn't realize that you were going to want that experience and i feel that within the church we have a way of invalidating people's experiences in the same way, like someone shares with us, oh, you know, um, I don't know, let me throw a random thing. Um, I'm really struggling with, you know, the church culture, like um, the way that people treat me. And we can invalidate and we can be like, really? Like, you know, you should just be okay. Like, just, it's not that big of a deal. Um like bullying within the church or um, I think even when people are struggling with their faith, when they're questioning their faith, um, we can be really quick to be like, even within like people that have grown up the church, when they start getting to a point where they're really trying to make their faith their own and they're trying to like find who they are within their denomination when they have grown up in their denomination. We can be really quick to be like, oh, you'll be get, you'll get over it, you know, you'll be right and it's no big deal. Um, we can invalidate the severity of that experience in the sense that this person is coming to a point where maybe they're thinking, I don't know if I've ever believed in God. I don't know if I really want to be Seventh-day Adventist Pentecostal, Baptist, Lutheran, you know, whatever it is. <clears throat> we can sit there and be like, it's not that big of a deal. You'll be right. And we'll just ignore them as they're going through that really significant phase in their spiritual journey. Because we're like, oh, you grew up Adventist. Of course, you're going to be Adventist for the rest of your life. No, 
No, like there are people who have been brought up Adventist who come to a point where they're trying to decide if they are really Adventist. And we're just like, hmm, we don't know how to deal with this situation. We don't know how to convince you of the beauty of Adventism. And because like we shouldn't have to because you've just been Adventist all your life. Like why should we even have to explain to you like how, how privileged you are within Christianity to have that, that message, to live that message? Like, yeah. I think within the church, we often put currency on different things. And because we put currency on different things and measure them as a sense of spiritual wealth, when someone is going through a struggle, you're like, mm, really? Like, you know, get over it or, um, yeah. Within like even people in leadership positions, like I honestly feel the struggle that people have when they're in leadership positions, we can often invalidate because we're like, oh, but you know, he's been an elder for, you know, 15 years. He should be right. We just assume that they don't have any other struggle and that they shouldn't go through any other struggle because they have let out at church and, and they are in charge of this department and they are a pastor. Shout out to pastors who have their experiences invalidated. Um, yeah, and I think within the church, like, we need to stop stop finding different ways to decide and to judge whether this person's, like, experience should be validated or not. And again, I get it. Like, some people just need to there are some people that need to just be like, okay, can I work through my stuff so that I'm not constantly falling back into this victim cycle where everyone has it against me and every church is against me. No, maybe every church is against you because you have a way of rubbing people the wrong way. Um, and then that causes them to react and respond in a way that probably isn't the best, but Hey, we're humans. We all do that. So I, totally agree with that aspect like I do believe that there is a point where people just have to take ownership for the stuff that they carry around and the way that a cycle is constantly repeating itself in their life but at the same time I think within our church culture we need to create a safe space for people to express moments of weaknesses moments of vulnerability moments of instability in their faith um, to accept the fact that, you know, church hurt me, church did this to me and to be like, be like, okay, like that's not the way that church shouldn't have been. We can say, sorry, we can try and apologize for our church on behalf of the church. That may be useful. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes people are like, why on earth are you apologizing? You didn't do that. Um, so we have to be aware that, yeah, maybe an apology may not be received in the best way when we're trying to apologize for our denomination. But at the same time, if we can acknowledge that that's not right, like, I'm sorry, that's not the way church should have, should have dealt with that situation. That's not the way that church should have provided community for you, whatever it is we have to at some point acknowledge that that person went through suffering, whether it was because it was their own fault or whether it was the leadership's fault, whatever it was, 
we have to acknowledge that that was a painful experience. That was an experience that did not leave a positive taste in their mouth with regards to church, Christianity, or God. Um, and even like, just to conclude, like even when people are having an experience with God, where like I can know God and I can be like, God is so loving, like God is so good, but someone is having an experience where God is not good to them. Uh, whether they've been hurt through church and by default they have associated God with that. If a, if a person is expressing to me that God is this and it's not a it's not looking at God through a really positive lens, I have to accept and validate the fact that this person is seeing God that way for a reason. Now, it may be wrong, it may be biblically unsound, but let me at least sit with that person in that experience and in that opinion of God and acknowledge that somewhere along the line God has become distorted. When I am with when I'm hanging out with people that are not from the church, that aren't Christian, when I'm hanging out with people that are atheist, when they tell me they hate religion, I'm like, I want to know why. I'm not going to invalidate it and be like, that's because you guys just didn't go to the right church. That's because you guys had a false expectation of church. Like even, you know, God said the wheat and the tares will grow together. Don't, like you guys expected something and now you just need to, you know, get over it because church was always going to be a place where there were going to be some people in there that weren't going to be very nice. And I could do the whole, oh, you know, Judas betrayed Jesus. So you should like get over that betrayal or that issue that you had with church people. I can do that, but I'm like, but that does not take away from the person needing healing. That person has pain. That person has carried a wound that has presented itself up until now in adulthood where they hate religion. Well, why do you hate religion? Tell me more. I want to know more. And when they tell me, let me be like, um, yeah, I would be hurt as well if I had that experience or I, I can see why that really hurt you. So yeah, may we not invalidate people's experiences, even in situations where we're like, guys, like that was your fault um, or you're overreacting. Let us validate the experience so that it builds an opportunity to gain trust with that person so that we can then say, hey, have were there any other churches where you experienced hurt no it was only that one church well then do you think that maybe there is a church that is a safe church there is a church somewhere that actually won't do that to you given that that was the only church do you think you could give church another go um but build that trust by validating their experience it was very real to them but does that mean that that is the final, the final, you know, period on that chapter in that story? No, like there, there may be more options. But I think until we accept that that is the reality of that person's experience, we can be really ignorant and unemotional to the fact that that's what that person experienced. So, yep, that's what I had to say about Meghan Markle and Prince Harry I can sit here as someone that is like working class 
um, that, you know, maybe doesn't have all the stuff that the royal family has and be like, really, girl? Like, you better just get on over it. Um, yeah, get over it all. But no, like, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to be like, that would suck. Like, I, I, I can totally see why it got you to a point where you were like, I'd rather not be part of the royal family. Um, and I think it'll be, it'll be a shoe that we'll never know really how it fitted. Like as, as a common person, um, I'll never understand what it, with the pressure that was on them to, to be a certain way, act a certain type of way, behave a certain type of way, and to grossly underestimate what that meant. Um, I don't think Megan understood what it was going to be like. Again, the individuality of her personality, like, you know, that's fine. Um, maybe she's not that kind of person. Maybe her whole life she has been taught to to stand up for herself, to do what she wants to do, to not let anyone control her or be like that. And now she's gone into the royal family and she's told how to wear her clothes, how to sit, how to do her hair, um, things that she has never had to do. And now she has to do and comply with certain things that she never expected or never thought or or hoped that maybe even, you know, because I know some people are like, oh, she went into the royal family, you know, to go and create um, chaos and to, to rebel. And maybe she did. Maybe she went into it thinking, you know what, like once I'm married, like I'll be able to dress how I want and go where I want and do what I want. Maybe she did go into that. But maybe she has realized that, no, the, the system was not going to let her do that, even though that's what she had hoped to do. So whatever it is, however you want to paint Meghan Markle and Prince Harry and this whole scenario, I pray that in amongst that you can be like, okay, like it, it, it was a bad situation. Like it, it did not end up the way that they hoped that it was going to end up. And with that has come this idea of like, okay, we have to work. Like think of Prince Harry. The guy has not had to work in terms of like trying to find, like trying to mentally be like, okay, so where are we going to get our income from? He's never had to do that. And now he does. Am I going to sit here and be like, well, Harry, that was your choice. Like too bad. No, I'm going to be like, welcome to what it feels like for normal people. Like we don't just get out. We don't get our income just from taxpayers, you know, we, we, we literally have to go and work. And, and that is a true, like that is a true experience for Prince Harry and I can sit here and be like, bro, get over it. Everyone else has to go and work. Why Why is it a, such a big deal for you? And and I don't get paid $100 million by Netflix to be followed around and so people can see me and my husband and how we do life. I, I could easily invalidate all that, but I don't think that's what we're called to do. I think we're called to have compassion. We're called to have some sort of empathy for people. Um yeah, I, I think that's what we're called to do. And, and yeah, I, I do that with Billie Eilish. I do that with Justin Bieber. And I do that with Harry and Meghan. Like, um, yeah, I hope we can do that within our churches as well because it's very easy to fall for that trap. When we fall for that trap with everyone else outside of the church, trust me, 
The things that we do outside the church, we bring into the church. And I believe that that is, an, that is something that we have, I have seen within the church, invalidating people's spiritual struggles, spiritual hardships, um, their pain. And we can just be like, oh, well, you know, don't let the things of this world affect you. Like, keep your eyes on heavenly things. Like, there's just so many one-liners that we throw out to invalidate people's um, pain. Because we're like, oh, but you know, this is not our final home. Like, we have heaven. Yeah, but it's still a painful experience. I'm like, Jesus cried. Jesus' sweat was blood because of the turmoil and the hardship that he faced on this earth. Um, please let us not think that it won't affect us in a certain type of way um, and bring us to a point where yeah, we've, we've hit desperation um, and whatever that looks like for our situation may be very different. But when we've hit rock bottom in this world, please don't just invalidate that by telling me, well, this is, it's because it's not our final home. Like, yeah. Okay, guys, thanks for joining me. I hope it wasn't as controversial as what, I, <laughs> what we, everyone might have thought it was. Um, yeah. Yep, feel free to send me text messages. Um, or maybe not text, direct message me. Let me be in with the lingo. DM me and let me know what your thoughts were. Um, yeah, I, I really, I must say, like, I honestly really, really love getting feedback from you all. Um, I, I and, and if uh, something in an episode just really hit home, resonated with you, Feel free to let me know. Like, I really appreciate that. Um, and often I find when, like, multiple people have spoken to me about a specific area in an episode that they were like, yeah, that, that, I totally agree with that. Or um, even if you disagree, like, feel free to disagree with me. When I have had people reach out to me and, and when I see, like, a consistency, I'm like, okay, I really feel like I should just discuss that topic again. Um, and maybe bring it from a different perspective. Why? Because I'm like, it's obviously something that people want to talk about. It's something that maybe there is a lack of within the church. So let me let me be able to bring some some voice, whatever my voice is worth, to the conversation. All right. See you all. I look forward to hanging out with you next week. So until then, my prayer, my hope, and my desire is that you stay warm in God's love, that you stay cool for Jesus' name, and may the Holy Spirit help you as you minister to people through their suffering, through their hurt, through their pain, through their hardship, whatever it is that they're going through. May the Holy Spirit help you to validate their experience so that you can build trust, so that maybe God can then use you if it is applicable for that situation, to help them to reframe the situation so that they can um, grow from it. And if it's, if it's not, if that's not applicable for that situation, hopefully by validating their experience, they'll feel like they were heard. They'll feel like someone genuinely heard their pain. Um, yeah, and could understand them. All right, see you.